This is Arik, and welcome to my podcast, Winning for a Living, where we cover everything from entrepreneurship to sales. And our goal is to make you 0.7% better every day. what's going on welcome to another episode of winning for a living in today's episode i want to talk about some classic shadow resistant comments that i hear online when it comes to persuasion sales and stuff like that so usually it comes down to three or four things that keep repeating themselves uh, and it's really funny. And the, the motive is that people try to lay out the underlying assumption that there is something evil about sales. There has to be something evil, something demonic about sales. Um, and by the way, most of the thi- most of these things that I'm going to mention right now that I'm going to share with you, I totally understand where they're coming from. I totally understand the source. We just have to look at them from a very questioning perspective and really have to be very honest with ourselves in terms of what value system we do we really choose to have and what will be the foundations of our value system. Because in order to succeed in business as an entrepreneur, you have to sell. And if you have a very negative relationship with sales, that puts you in a very tough spot, right? It's like having a very negative relationship with money. It's like having a negative relationship with people in general, right? You, be, uh, uh, let's say you have very deep trust issues with people. Uh, in that case, it's, it's going to be very hard to build successful relationships, which are fundamental for business, right? And same goes, uh, same goes for money. And sales is obviously the, the, the last piece of the puzzle for you to take everything you've built in your business is the last piece for you to, it's kind of like a football team, a soccer team, right? Let's say, you have a soccer team and there's the there's a team and there's a coach and there's management and there are fans and everybody everybody's kind of everybody are kind of putting all the effort together they're they're doing whatever they can so that the the team will have the highest chances of winning and they they train and they try their best and they pay millions of dollars to the to the players and then it comes down to a ball that is being passed to a striker. And that striker has to know how to score. If the striker can score, no matter what they need to prepare, no matter how much money they invested in training, um, equipment, coaches, you name it, it's not going to work out, right? That, that, that team is not going to win. That team is not going to be winning titles. So sales, it's like the striker of your business. Your sales team or you as a salesperson, this is the last piece of the puzzle to translate everything you worked so hard for and monetize it. This is the last piece of the puzzle for monetization. Okay, And if we have a negative relationship with sales and we have a lot of negative assumptions around sales, it's going to be extremely challenging to make things work. Now, some of these people, they have, they have um, ideas or explanations that might seem logical in first glance. Not only that, 
because we are as people we are very afraid of being judged so whenever someone explains something in a very judgmental way if there's like a judgmental energy behind it and I'll, I'll show you exactly what I mean in a few seconds. But whenever there is a judgmental energy behind something, our first natural instinct would be to see if we could agree with them. Because if we can't agree with them, we are putting ourselves at risk to be among the ones to be judged. Okay, so if people, if you go online and you see a lot of people judging, especially see that a lot with the consultant uh, coaches, industry you see a lot of people say you know a good offer sells itself and i'm not uh i'm not doing sales i don't have to do sales i just talk to people and all these uh what i think are stupid narratives and i'll show you exactly why i find them stupid but you you have that perspective of oh wait i, I don't want to be I don't want to be among the other group. I don't want to be that person who is doing sales. I, if they think that these people are evil, I don't want to be among the evil people, right? So we will have that proclivity to agree with them. We'll find agreement or common ground with them. But let's go, let's look a little bit on these common misconceptions or conceptions. And it's, it's, my, it's my goal here to prove you that these are misconceptions if that's what I think. So the first one, look, the first thing I want to say is, I think that there's no nobility in being a mediocre seller or having a mediocre sales team. Like quite the contrary, if your mission is to help people, your goal should be to communicate your message, your offer, uh, your value in the most effective and relatable way. And if you're not doing that, then you're doing a great disservice to yourself and to your audience. However, obviously it has to be, it has to be you not crossing those boundaries that are important to you as a service provider or as a business so that you're not forcing your service, okay? But there's no nobility in being a bad salesperson. There's no nobility in having a bad sales team or a mediocre sales team. Um, the first misconception or the first kind of narrative I see out there is a good offer sells itself. A good offer sells itself. Well. If that was the case, if that was really the case, if you had a good, this is what I usually tell these people who tell me, hey, you know, but a good offer sells itself. Okay, why don't you just, why do you even do strategy calls? Why do you even talk to your prospects? Like why? If you say a good offer sells itself, why won't you just email them all the details of your offer and, you know, let them decide because a good offer sells itself. Say, hey, this is the offer. This is what this is the service. It costs ten thousand dollars, and if you want to do it, then yeah, let's go ahead. Uh, I mean, like it's a good offer. It should sell itself. And the idea is that let's let's find what's the underlying assumption here. A good offer sells itself. If I have to sell, it means. And when I say sell, usually people think if I have to make any effort. Or if I have to tweak, change, optimize, improve anything about the way I sell, it probably means that my offer is not good enough. It probably means that I'm not good enough, okay? Because people are very attached to their offers, right? People are very attached to what their business offers. Uh, so if there's, there's a problem with the offer, we immediately assume that there's a problem with us because we think that selling is something that you have to do when you're giving people shit 
So if I'm giving you shit and you don't have the uh, natural desire to just buy it, then it means that I have to sell it to you. And now it means that whatever I'm offering you is probably terrible. <laughs> so if I'm offering you something ter terrible and my whole identity is revolves around that terrible thing, then what does it say about me? Right. That's why you see a lot of people who get really angry and they say, yeah, a good offer, a good offer sells itself. Well, no, a good offer doesn't sell itself because if that was the case, you would just send emails to people and say, hey, do you want to buy this offer? Do you want to do you want to buy my service? Just wire me 10,000 and let's get started. Uh, and, and like I said, the reason that this happens is because usually people who well, this, by the way, this um, narrative has been sold. This is something that has been sold to people for quite some time because um, companies and businesses that would sell you, that were selling you coaching services or help you build your offer would tell you, hey, all you need is a good offer and it sells itself. But then people realize, hey, a good offer is not enough. It doesn't sell itself. People have concerns, people have fears, people have thoughts, people have been misled in the past, people have made stupid decisions in the past, they need guidance, they need some help with making the right decision. So it seems like now a good offer doesn't sell itself, but then you still hear from all the gurus that a good offer sells itself. But funny enough, all these gurus out there, all these big businesses that sell people help, in the claims that a good offer sells itself, they have really good salespeople. Or they, like not all of them, but they work really hard on building the right sales team. They put a lot of emphasis on that. But they know that a lot of people have shadows when it comes to sales. So what they tell you is, hey, you know, all you have to do is work on your offer and money will just fly into your pockets. Right? So that's the first thing. Another misconception or another conception that I'd like to debunk is if someone isn't ready to buy from me, then they are not my ideal client. I mean, how selfish could that be? Seriously. Sales is essentially the exchange of certainty. I'm giving someone the certainty that choosing my business, if it's a fit, you, remember, it's always about, first of all, if this is a fit or not. Is this something, is this a person that I want to serve? Is this a, is this a, a person that my, my business will benefit from serving other than the money? Is this something that I want to do as a business or as a person? If that is the case, if I think that I have the ability to help them, then my job now is to pass them that certainty. The certainty that I have in my ability to help them, I want them to have the same certainty so that they will solve their problem so that I could help them solve their problem. That's, that's an obligation you have, right? And when you say if someone isn't ready to buy from me, then they're not my ideal client. I mean, why, why are they not your ideal client? Why? Would it make sense that every time you would have a, any argument, a misunderstanding with your, with your partner in life, with your spouse, you'd say, hey, if, if you don't understand me right away, if you don't know everything about me, so that you will do everything I ask, that means that you're not the right person for me. I mean, how does that even make sense? And again, this, it's predicated on the idea that, you know, let me be the one who says no. I, 
if you don't want to buy from me right away, then you're not a good fit for me. So I'm the one telling you no. Like, come on, is this kindergarten? Obviously, you want them to buy from you. I want to see, I dare these people, to, I, I dare these people to tell me, to show me how many prospects they had this year that said, I want to buy your service. And they told them, look, I don't think it's a good fit. I don't think I'm the best person to help you. I mean, <laughs> it's not it's not so hard to say, oh, you don't want to buy from me? No, I don't want to sell you. Like, come on, seriously? So you could say, by the way, you could say that at some point, at some point, if they don't understand that you're the right person for them, then it's probably not a good fit. Then you're at peace with giving up on that specific client. However, is this a narrative that you want to hold completely? Like if someone isn't ready to buy, then they're not, good, they're not a good fit. They're not my ideal client. Where do, you, where do you bring this from? So this is usually because we have a part in us that is afraid to be rejected. So when someone says no, we just hear the no. What's the difference between sales and marketing? In marketing, you don't hear the no's. So you can show your ads to 20 million people 19 million would say, hey, this is disgusting. I'm not, I, I, I don't want anything to do with this business or person. But 1 million would say, wow, this is amazing. So all you hear is the yeses. But in sales, you hear the no's as well. And when we hear a no, a part of us sometimes could get offended because like I said, these people, a lot of people are really attached to their offer. So they think, hey, if, if they say no, then they must not be my ideal client. Because if my ideal client says no, then something is wrong with me. Something is wrong with my offer, hence something is wrong with me. So that's why they choose to believe that if they if they say no, then they're not my ideal client. Which is, by the way, true. Because when you define your ideal client, one of the things you should mention there is they absolutely love the idea of working with me. This should be one of your criterias, definitely, right? You should not find yourself begging to clients. They should love and, and appreciate you and your value and trust you and the idea of working with you. However, the question is how much, how much opportunity or how much time or how much clarity did you provide them so that they will have the option of choosing you and trusting you? I mean, if you think that you have no moral obligation to optimize the way you relate or resonate with your prospects when you speak with them, I mean, it's kind of selfish. This is just you scared to hear a no and get offended. So that's why you say, oh, if there's any chance that they're about to tell me no, oh, no, 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 they're not my ideal client. Let me back off. So I totally understand where it's coming from, but I think we should... Uh, dive into the truth and this is the truth the truth is that a lot of people have the fear of hearing no and hence they're gonna feel really bad about it so what they say hey why should I even optimize my sales like I don't want to do it because if I would and I see that people are still saying no I'll feel really bad okay so the price is that you don't help nearly as many people as you could and you're not making anywhere near what you could be making if your sales process will be optimized and it will be proper while still of course be aligned with your values and with who you are and with your uh, your business's values and with your integrity right another thing i hear a lot is i don't do sales i focus on helping people and then they decide if they want to work with me 
<laughs> so uh, like what does that even mean so you say you speak with people and you try to help them and while helping them they decide to work with you so what is sales if not that that is exactly what sales means i think that is just the word sales has a lot of negative uh, charge behind it for a lot of people and like i said if you have a bad relationship with the word sales because you immediately assume that uh it's based on taking something from people in exchange for nothing then you are in a very tough spot by the way all people all these people who tell me hey or these people who i see online that are commenting these kind of things i immediately assume my my first assumption is oh they're probably not very successful and because how could you be successful if you assume that doing sales is probably bad and evil and if i'm trying to sell in the best way i can while still be fully transparent and honest and uh, with full integrity right while still taking care of your best interests as a prospect but if i assume that me doing that is necessarily evil how could i ever be successful right it doesn't make any sense so if there's a part of you that wants to to finish the conversation with a deal it's normal it's healthy but if there is that part if there is a part then it's a sales call okay you can call it a clarity call strategy session discovery call zoom call whatever call talking call beauty call whatever you want to call it and every week they come up with a new name right discovery call clever uh, clarity calls uh what's that strategy call strategy session review session review call checking call whatever it doesn't matter it's a sales call which is okay there's nothing wrong with doing sales calls it doesn't make you evil okay so this is it for today hope this helps see you soon ciao ciao